You know, today we're, we are going to continue our, our Acts series as we've been in for, for a while now, and um, we're turning the page, so to speak. You know, we've been in, we were in chapter 15 for a number of weeks, walking that through, and, and again, I hope you are kind of just reading the fullness, you know, reading around where we're at, uh, you know, preaching-wise, because it's really helpful to understand what's happening, kind of see where things are headed. We get that benefit, unlike you know, when this was actually being carried out and they were just kind of seeing how it all unfolded, right? How many here, um, when you drive, have uh, a map, like on your device or something that you use, Google Maps, Waze or something, how many do that, okay? How many do that, like when you're going somewhere that you know where you're going? Anybody? Okay. I wanna ask why. I mean, I guess traffic may be conditions if you have that or something like that. And have you, you know, when, if you're going a normal path or you're going a way that you usually go and it tells you to turn, how many follow the instructions, the directions that it gives? Right? You do. And isn't that kind of crazy, though? Like, you know the direction, you know the way that you want to go, you know the path you usually take, but for some reason, it's, it's telling you to route you a different direction. I do think that somebody somewhere is laughing, right, as they control traffic in, in all the world and just send it wherever they want. But, you know, you end up in some country road, but then maybe you find out later that, hey, there was an accident or there was congestion and it got you around there. How many have been stuck in traffic? This is my favorite. Stuck on a long trip because we've been doing a lot of traveling lately. And, you know, you're sitting there in traffic and then, uh, you know, it's going to be an eternity. And all of a sudden that thing comes up, a faster route has been found. And you want to try to hit that button as quick as you can and accept that, right? Because we want to get moving. And I just find it interesting I'll just speak about myself, because I know none of you have this issue. But how we'll, we'll take this computer device, <laughs> this thing, and we just place our whole faith and trust in it. And when it says, hey, we need to change direction here, we need to go a different way than initially planned, we're like, okay, and we just go. And when we take that kind of thought or that picture, that image, and we bring it over to our lives as we walk out our life and we trust God and, and through his leading, through the Holy Spirit as he leads us, even in times when there was a plan in place but things changed. And maybe even when we think it's fine to keep going, kind of like on that road when we don't see what's up ahead, we don't know what's coming, we don't know that there's congestion or a, a construction zone. And so we just that, that divert, diverts us before we ever get to that place and oftentimes the Holy Spirit can do the same thing for us in life. And he uses different ways. And I just wonder if, you know, we're tuned in. And, and when we come to these places of decision, if we're listening. And I want to present us with a couple of questions. These are rhetorical questions today. I know sometimes I want you to respond. Please don't uh, on these. Just to yourself. But how many of us really see God when we make decisions in life? And I want you to think about that for a minute. It could be a big decision, you know, a job, maybe a move, maybe whatever it is. Or it could be just a smaller decision. And, and how many of us really pause to seek God and say, God, I, I really want to move in sync with where you're wanting me to go. And I want to know what you intend here, what you, what you want to say or what, where you want to lead. And I want to, to step into that. So how many of us would say we do that as we make decisions? And another question I would present with us this morning is how many of us, after making what we believe to be the right decision, experience a challenge or it doesn't go according to plan? <laughs> 
I don't know about you, but throughout my life, there's been many times where, you know, I've spent that time to seek the Lord. My wife and I have spent time together seeking the Lord, and, you know, we're convinced that this is the direction, and I, I promise you, as soon as we take a step, it's like the whole bottom drops out, and we're just kind of slammed in the face with opposition. And immediately, what do you do? I know all of you say, well, we, I persevere in faith, and I just go to the Word of God, and I trust, and I just move forward, right? That's your answer. I don't always do that, right? I start to second guess if I'm not careful. I'm like, did I hear from God? <laughs> Was this the right step? And, you know, as we, we see in chapter 60, as we're going to see as we get into what we're getting into uh, this, this passage today, we have to pause, and I, I always encourage us to do this. We have to come back to that place and put ourselves in the position of the early church. They didn't have a script for this what they were doing. It had never been done. They didn't have the rest of the story, so to speak. <laughs> they, don't, they didn't have that reference to go back and say, oh yeah, this is how it's supposed to go, how the church is supposed to look. It's unfolding before them. And as they are walking this out, they have to have a trust. They have to have space for God to speak and to lead and to guide them as they walk this out and as the, the early church takes shape. And how many can agree with me today that it's not a far stretch to say that the early church faced some opposition. Just a little, right? And so today, as we, we walk into this, this, this place that we're gonna be in chapter 16 of Acts, I want us to do so with this understanding that we have to learn to be dialed in and understand that, that, that our path is, is moving and, and, and seeking God. Today during worship, it was, I just, you know, I just sense God's presence and his spirit being present, and I hope you experience that. And if you're not sure what it was and you walked in today and you were kind of like just not in a good mood or you've been having a bad week and you come in here and you're just like, oh man, this is just good. It's refreshing. I don't know what it is. It's the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And he's meeting you in this place. And, and, you know, we want to be a church. And that's what I love is to hear some people say, you know, we are a spirit-led church. We trust God to still lead us today. Why? Because while we have the scripture and we have the word of God and God speaks to us there, there are things that come up and there are things that we're walking out day to day and week to week here in our setting and where we're at that we need to be led by God in these decisions. And I'm thankful that our leadership and our staff Seek God to, to make those decisions and to, to follow God well. So as the church, again, brought the gospel to the ends of the earth, and as our series says, to the ends of the earth, they relied on God for this direction, even when the way was unclear. You see, they didn't have this, like, detailed plan of attack, right? Basically, they had this, this one word, which was Go. Go into all the world, right? Making disciples. It, they were just, they were like, we're going. We're going. And again, if, if you weren't sure about it, the, the, it still stands the same. The direction is still the same today. We are to be going out. We're supposed to be going and reaching the lost. And I love what this, this men's event, and I know it's, again, it's, it is a low kind of impact or, you know, it's, it's an easy event to bring somebody to, but it's, it's giving us opportunity. You know, we're teeing up that shot for you just to bring somebody along. Sure, we're gonna have a good time. Sure, we're gonna eat well. But at the end of the day, we care about souls. We care about the eternal weight that hangs in the balance, right? And this is, we're just trying to give easy on-ramps for people to come and be a part. And so that's what we're hoping, and that's what I would encourage all the men here to do, is to be praying about who you might bring. 
You see, again, when the early church was going, they learned very quickly that the only way this was going to work at all was to be open, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so this allowed for a change of plans at times, all right? There was a plan. They were setting out to do it, and sometimes they would have to change. How many love changes of plans? Anybody? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's, there's a little bit of excitement in it, but most people like to plan it out, and then this is what we're doing, right? And we don't deviate. But this, this, in this setting, they had to be willing. They had to be open to that. And daily guidance, daily guidance was needed by the Holy Spirit. And so here we see Paul as he's setting out, and this is going to be the start of his second missionary journey. And we see, you know, as you watched Paul, and that's, I love that, that his life is chronicled pretty well of where he started. Far, far different person to where we see him now. And he, he, you know, he kind of comes out, this, this Paul, and, and he's following, you know, it's, it's right behind that, what we talked about in Jerusalem, that victory of where, hey, Gentiles, you be Gentiles. <laughs> you don't need to be a Jew because that's not a requirement. And so Paul is celebrating that, and he's coming from that. But also, remember just last week, we talked about he lost one of his companions, his closest friend and companion, Barnabas, over a disagreement. They chose to go separate ways. And so Paul is a person. He has emotions. He has feelings. And he's going and working through this challenging time of change. As obviously, plans haven't necessarily worked out exactly how he thought. He probably never thought that him and Barnabas would be separated over an issue, uh, you know, as far as whose personnel, what personnel are with them. And so Paul is leaning on the Holy Spirit. And the thing in our lives that we must learn is to discover the Spirit's guidance as we walk out our time here on earth. But before we get to today's, to today's text, I also want to just briefly touch back a few weeks ago, and hopefully if you were here you remember this, is we remember Paul's uh, first trip to, to Lystra, and it started well. He, they, they got to town, he, you know, God through him heals a, a crippled man. And you guys remember this, when once they did that, they, they all started praising them and thought they were like Zeus and Hermes. Do you guys remember that? And of course, their response was like, you guys are crazy. This, that's not who we are. <laughs> and they, they turned the attention back to God, to the living God, and they shut it down. And of course, the natural result of such a thing, you know, they, this man was just healed and they just brought some correction, was that the people drug them out of town, <laughs> this mob, and they stoned Paul. According to plan? Probably not, right? And they stoned Paul and they leave him for dead. Again, most people that get stoned, it happens one time, right? They're, they're done. It's over. They die. But amazingly, Paul was still alive. And, you know, the other disciples came around and found him there. And then what did he do? He stood up. Remember, he went back into the town and then left the next day. And, it, and that was just an amazing moment as he, again, chose to go that direction rather than just getting out of town. And so, again, what we call this a win or a loss that's a question, you know, a win or a loss. And so I want you to keep that in mind, and, and, and you're going to see why in a moment. So if you're in your Bibles in chapter 16, we're going to begin in verse 1. And it says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to, to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem, again, reaching back to that decision. They're still carrying out this, this, this answer. And verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this moment right now. I thank you for just these wonderful people, both here and in person and those watching online. God, I pray that our hearts are open to receive your word today. God, we are thankful that you left us, Lord, with this word, your word that is living, that speaks to us, that is clear. We thank you, Lord, that you also promised, Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who is present with us now. And God, as we're going to see, Lord, even the role of the Holy Spirit through this passage of Scripture, um, we are so grateful that we can still lean and look to the Holy Spirit to be led and guided, Lord, as you use him, Lord, to speak to us. And so, God, we just trust that you'll do that today. We thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So, again, it's, you know, we see this, this first part, and it's striking to me in verse 3 that, you know, Paul invites Timothy to accompany him, and oh, by the way, you're going to need to get circumcised. That could be a deal breaker for some people, um, and it's, it's something that was, you know, it shows up quickly, and that Paul would do that or, or say that this needs to be done is one thing, but then for Timothy to say, okay, you know, and to, to say that it's worth anything, basically, to reach the lost is an understatement here. It's, it's, it's amazing that, again, they saw this and they saw, you know, the possible stumbling block that it could bring if that wasn't the case. And so, you know, again, we see uh, Paul and, and now Silas, of course, is with him now instead of Barnabas. And as they headed out uh, on this trip, they, they went up to the, around the tip of the Mediterranean and they, they went north. And they're actually going in a reverse order of their first missionary journey, all right? Um, now, no one knows for sure why they went the reverse order, but to me, it seems like they didn't want to go back to the place, because if you remember what, what we referred to earlier, is when they started, those kind of Jews that were angry against them followed them and ultimately led the crowd to stone Paul, you know, and try to kill him. And so they start kind of reverse order, and they're moving around and moving back west, and, you know, I can't imagine what Paul must have felt. And again, put yourself in that place. Put yourself in Paul's shoes for a moment as he walks into the town, perhaps even by the very place where they tried to kill him, <laughs> and sees that. And here he is. To say that Paul is being, not being led by the Spirit, it was, it's crazy, because he is, because nobody in their right mind would go back to that same place. And yet here Paul is, coming into town, and, and, and being, knowing that he's being led by the Spirit. You know, we see that somewhere in the mix, as we, we looked back and, and we looked back at that account, as, as when Paul was there laying as dead from his first trip, and it says the disciples came around, and we see that there, there may be in the mix, not maybe, but probably was this young man, Timothy, that saw Paul, that experienced what he said. And at some point under his preaching, Timothy and his mother Eunice received the gift of salvation. Received the gift of salvation. And they became committed disciples. And you know, one thing for us to take from that is that we never know what God is doing. Who is listening? You know, I know oftentimes we want to see that, that immediate result, that immediate 
hey, you know, I shared the gospel, now you, you know, I want you to respond well. Again, Paul sharing the gospel got him nearly killed. And like I asked you earlier, is it a win or is it a loss? But here we see, even amidst that experience, that something came out of it, didn't it? And if you've read your Bible, you know that Timothy is, becomes a very significant figure in Paul's life. And so we see, again, the fruits of Paul's faithfulness and his labor. Now, Timothy obviously had continued to grow in his faith, and as a result, Timothy was ready to follow Paul. So something had happened from the time Paul came through the first time and the second time that Timothy came to the Lord, and Timothy grew, and Timothy was prepared to walk with Paul and to go, on, go with him on his journey. And there's a beauty that's taking place here as, as God is, is, re, is replacing, that the team is changing, but the positions are the same. Again, he brought Silas. God brought Silas in to replace Barnabas, right, to walk with Paul. And now, if you remember, Mark was the one that, that kind of left them, and that, that was what the whole dispute was about. And now we see Timothy coming in to be kind of that spiritual son that Paul can invest in. Again, remember, and we talked about this today in our Next Steps class, which was a, was a good time, and we were talking about, you know, the three people, I mentioned it before, that should be in your life. That person that's pouring into you, that peer that you are accountable to, and then the person that you are pouring into. And we see two of those here for Paul, right? We see Paul and Silas walking as peers somewhat, and then we see Paul identifying Timothy as that one that he's going to pour himself into. And in, and in Mark's, you know, as we mentioned, um, defense, Remember that Peter kind of took him in and, and he became that, that spiritual son uh, to Peter. So again, Mark did get it right eventually, um, as again, you can read his gospel. So, but it's, it's beautiful, though, to see how God works things through. Even, even at, in the wake of this you know, separation of the, these two men who had been together for so long, and now they're walking, you know, God is replacing and, and bringing in new people And we see, as I mentioned, you know, this, through this, even Paul asking Timothy um, to, to, for the circumcision, that Paul, while he wasn't caught up on the Jewish, you know, these laws and things, as we mentioned, and that was the whole purpose of that Jerusalem council that met, he still was willing to go to whatever ends he could to not have a stumbling block and to be able to share the gospel. And that was one of the, his strengths that he had, and that was, it was amazing to see that played out. Because he was all about building inroads with the people he was ministering to, and that is something that still should apply to us today. We talk often in, in circles and, um, you know, in, in pastoral circles and things and in books you can read, but are, how are you spending time to learn about the person that's sitting across from you when you're speaking to them? Especially someone that you may want to share the gospel with, somebody that God has put on your heart. Maybe it's a neighbor. Are you spending time to understand where they are and who they are so that you understand where those inroads might be. And this is, again, the example that Paul is giving us. Because he still respected the customs and traditions, even though he knew they were not requirements for salvation. He respected that. In 1 Corinthians 9.22, a very familiar verse probably for a lot of us, it's to the weak, Paul is saying, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I had become all things to all people, that by all means I might have some. I might save some, sorry. And so that's, that's what we have to be doing is, is how do we do that? You know, one, I heard one church say, you know, we'll do anything short of sin to reach the lost with the good news. 
And so again, you don't break any you know, moral convictions or things like that, but at the same time, are you willing to, to, to get down to where that person is, to figure out where they are, and to find that way in? And we see Paul living that out. And so as we read further, uh, back in Acts chapter 16, picking up again in verse six, and, and it says, and they went through the region of, of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Messiah, <clears throat> they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So some very interesting things are taking place here. In Paul's mind, and again, Paul was a, a very smart guy. <laughs> He'd been around a while. He was well-educated, very familiar with the region. You know, his plan was to go up to uh, what's, it's not Asia, the same Asia today, it's, it was Roman Asia, it's in a, a different location. But it was the logical place to him to continue to expand the gospel's reach to the Gentiles. And so we see here, again, a couple things. One, that Paul, you know, had a plan. And Paul came up with this and he's like, this is what I think we should do, this is where we should go. But then also we see that Paul was also sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And so, you know, somewhere, sometime before they reached this Asia, the Holy Spirit shut down the door for them. <laughs> Again, it says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Now, pause there for a second. Were there people in Asia that needed to hear the gospel? Yeah. It's safe to say, yeah. Yet the Holy Spirit was leading them elsewhere. The Holy Spirit even stopped them for a reason, some reason of going into Asia. And you know, for us today, it's, it's, it's always good. I mean, we want a default to sharing the gospel, but it's, it's even better, and I've mentioned this before, you know, to be sensitive you know, to, to the spirit of God. When God shows you somebody, or you know, points somebody out and, and wants you to, to maybe engage with that person, rather than just going and stopping every person you walk by on the sidewalk, like, God, who, who do you want me to share the gospel with today? Make that clear for me. And again, we see this, and it is, it's interesting that the Spirit was saying that. And then it even goes on further and says, then the Spirit of Jesus denied them from going to Bithynia. And so God has a plan. Can we all agree with that? God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. And now the question is, is are we you know, following that and are we listening as it unfolds. Because here's the thing, and if you've been a Christian for a moment, we don't get the, the, like the next 15 steps, do we? What do we get? We get the next step that's in front of us. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this step, and I want you to trust me, right? Have you ever had to do that in life? Have you ever had to, like, maybe it's, it's, you're on a path somewhere, or you're doing something, and, and somebody's like, I need you to trust me and just follow me. It's, it's, it's hard. It, it depends on the person you're following, right? Some of you are like, there's, there's some people I will never follow. 
You know, come on, let's run into the fire. No, that doesn't sound good. I don't, I don't trust you. But it's, it's, it's important to understand who, who it is that we're following. And when we're following the plan and when the, the Spirit of God is saying, no, I want you to go this way, what did Paul have to do at that point? <laughs> he had to surrender his will, didn't he? Now, again, I don't know about you, but for me sometimes, if I'm not careful, I can think that my way might be better than God's way. But typically, it boils down to my way is easier. It's not as painful. And so understand that sometimes God calls us on a difficult path, but it's for a reason, and he's wanting to accomplish something through us, and he's wanting to accomplish an objective, but also he's wanting to, a lot of times, work out things in us and grow our faith and our trust in him in the process, amen? But it hurts sometimes, doesn't it? And there's uncertainty at times. You see, Paul was operating in what I would call the flow of the Holy Spirit. He was moving, and, and, and again, the Spirit of God was leading him. And he learned this healthy dependence, this needed dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And church, listen, in our setting, in our culture, in our day, in our time that we live in, again, it's so easy to get into our routine there's a lot of predictability in our lives, isn't there? We typically get up, our Mondays are Mondays, it's the same, our Tuesdays are the same, our Wednesdays. We know what we're gonna do that day. Most of the time we accomplish that. We don't live in this world where we're on the move. We don't live where everything's changing and we're just depending on God for that next step or that, to show up at that next place. And so I wanna ask you, and, and you know, what I wanna encourage you in today is, is how are you making space for the Spirit of God to lead you and to guide you? Are you making that space? Even with things that maybe seem simple, things that are, are very laid out, are you making space for the Spirit of God to speak and to lead and to guide? You see, what we see here sometimes is that the answer from the Lord is no. Right? Like, well, Paul's like, I want to go this way. And God's like, no, I, I want you to go this way. We all know God always answers our prayers, right? Anybody question that ever? God always answers your prayer. It's either yes, no, or as we say, slow, right? Like, that's, those are the three. There's always an answer. And like I said, again, we may not always like the answer, but it's always an answer. And we have to trust God in that. We have to trust that, that God is, again, he knows better than we do. And notice, I, I, again, even when, as Paul was walking this out and he got the no, what did he do? Did he sit down and say, well, if, that's not, if this isn't the way it's going to be, then I'm not going to do anything. And it comes back to that place. It comes back to that place of surrender, surrendering our will to the Lord's surrendering what we want to accomplish or what we want to do and trusting that God will bring us to that place that he intended. In this passage that we just read, it, it talks about um, that they went on to Macedonia and then concluding that God had called uh, him to preach or called them to preach the gospel. And this word concluding here is significant. 
It carries the meaning of, again, uh, it's, a, it's a confirmation. And this means that as Paul moved in a different direction, the Holy Spirit confirmed to him that the, the direction was right and gave the ultimate destination of Macedonia. I, you know, Leanne and I, we lived in Kuwait for the Middle East for quite a while, and there was a season, there was quite a few seasons of challenge, but, you know, we had prayed together and we knew that, you know, that was where we were supposed to be. And even when kind of all hell broke loose against us, we agreed and we knew that this is where God had, has called us. This is where God wanted us. When it made the most sense for us just to leave, you know, we stayed and we persevered. And it, again, we saw God, again, confirming that time and time again. There would be moments, and maybe you've experienced this, you know, you get to your very end. I mean, there were times where, again, we were separated as a family. They were out of the country. I was in the country. And there were times I would just sit there, and, and I was struggling, like even with like, depression and everything else. And I'm just crying out to God. And it's only in those moments, right, you get that, those, those just prayers where it's, it's, it's ugly crying. You know, it's all that stuff's coming out. And it's not formal anymore. <laughs> You're just, like, laying it out there. And God shows up, and he would always, I promise you, he would always, there would be this moment where I'm just at my very end, and then all of a sudden, something would happen, there'd be something would take place, just as, it was like, God was like, I'm here, <laughs> I'm still here, I still see you, I haven't forgot you, and, I, and I'm walking this with you, right? Because God doesn't promise to, to, to divert around the valleys, he promises to walk through the valleys with us, Amen. And so that's the thing, and that's what you know, we see here with Paul. Again, God is with him, and they are carrying this out, and they're going forward. And again, the Holy Spirit is confirming along the way that, hey, this is where you need to be going. And now check this out. In verses 9 and 10 there, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay? and help us. He's, Paul sees this dream, and this Greek man says, come help us. And if you notice the next sentence in verse 10, and when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, what does it say? What's the word? We, right? Something changed. Because, again, this man in this vision is now in a first-person sense, right? And it's at this point in Acts that the pronouns change from they to the first-person we. This means that Greek man was Luke. Luke can now come onto the scene, and so now we. <laughs> and as you read down through the rest of that chapter and, and, and further, it's now talking about we and us. We sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So we see the significance of this, and you know, the secondhand reports now become eyewitness accounts at this point, and Luke and Paul, they would become close friends, and Luke stayed with Paul throughout the end of his life. So this is a significant moment, and this is, again, I tell, tell you all, we wanna be good students of the scripture, and that's a significant moment as we see this change. So now we have this all kind of in front of us, and we, let's wrap up with, with verses 11 and 12. And so setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Somothrace and the following day to Nepolis. 
and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And so we see that ultimately Paul got to the destination that God intended him, but it wasn't, you know, the way that he thought it was supposed to be. But he followed the Lord, and the Lord got him to Macedonia. And so we see this happening, and, and the most important thing is how do we take all of this, and what does that look like for us today? And there are three things I want us to talk about as, as we make this application to our lives this morning. There's a, somebody wrote this, again, this unknown person that shows up. I mentioned him last week. But it says, they wrote this, they said, early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions. Each one reportedly had a separate spot in the ticket where he would, or in the thicket, sorry, where he would pour out his heart to God. So they would move through into this thicket and they would pour out their hearts. And over time, the paths to these places became well-worn. And as a result, if one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to the others, and they would kindly remind the negligent one, brother, the grass grows on your path. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could see that today in one another? Some of us would have paths that maybe are well-worn, that it's very clear because of that, that moving to the Lord in prayer, seeking God every day on a regular basis, but also, some of us, our paths may be a little overgrown. And the first thing I want us to talk about or to look at in, in our application is, is that we need to go to the Lord in prayer. And I want to hear, I want to tell you today, and if you're a person here today, because when we mess up or we do something wrong, the enemy wants nothing more than to, for us to steer away from God, the opposite direction, right? To stop, our prayer life might dry up. But that's the very place that we need to go. And when we're facing big decisions, when we're facing things in life or we're not sure, we need to continue to go to the Lord in prayer. In Psalm 25, 4, it says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Because, again, the worst thing you can do is to go on the wrong path. Because the further you go down that path, it's, it's the further the wrong direction, Right? And so I want to encourage us today, church, that we need to seek the Lord, seek where he wants us to go, seek where he is calling us to, and then be faithful with that and continue to, to, to pray, to spend time with God as he opens up, again, those doors. The second one is godly counsel, is to seek godly counsel. First and foremost, we need to go to the scripture Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And so we need to go to the scripture. We need to hear from God through his word, but also through the body of Christ, Right? There are people in my life, there are men in my life that I trust to speak in to my life because I know that they hear from the Lord. Who is in your life that can speak into your situation? And be careful who it is you listen to, right? And sometimes, and again, if you're like me, you know, when you get the answer that you don't want, oftentimes you can be like, well, that person didn't hear from the Lord. 
It's sometimes, again, we can manipulate the situation to hear what we want to hear and to get what we want to get, right? I was reading this, 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 this is a, like a joke illustration, and it was a guy that, you know, loved donuts, so I could relate uh, pretty well to that. And, you know, he, would, he said, you know, when I come around the corner, if there's a parking spot in the front of this donut shop, then it means, God, you want me to have a donut today. <laughs> Anybody prayed that prayer before? <laughs> so he went by, and there wasn't a spot. And so he went around the block, and on the eighth pass, there was a spot, and he said, Lord, thank you. You've spoken and made your way clear to me this morning. We can manipulate the situation, can't we? We can say, God, okay. But we need godly counsel. We need godly counsel. Prayer, godly counsel, and the last one, and this one may be the most difficult, is humility. Humility, James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And that means that we have to sometimes say, you know what, my plan is wrong. God, your plan is right. It is best. And I need to submit my will to yours. And that is, that is hard, isn't it? It's hard to, and it can, it's God, right? I mean, you can't get somebody better. And God is telling you, and it's clear what you're supposed to do, but sometimes it's hard to say, you know what? I don't know the best, and I need to submit myself to the Lord. Prayer godly counsel, and humility. As we prepare to close this morning, God is, he is leading us and directing us. God is, is doing this all the time. He's always at work, even when the way forward is hidden from us. And the truth is that we can trust God to see us through, even when our plans fall apart. You know, we can see that, that, again, God is at work. God is opening something, and it's always that next step. And like I said, and, and I want to encourage some of you here today, maybe you've taken that step, and maybe, you, like I said earlier, maybe you've been faced with opposition. Maybe it's been challenging. Maybe it's been hard. But what would happen if, if when plans don't go the way that we think they should, Right? Because what it is, it's, 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 a, it's sort of a, a deal we have with God, right? If I do this, if I say, or you know, if I do the right thing, if I take the right step, then our expectation, maybe we don't say it with our mouth, is that, well, God, then you're supposed to work everything out, right? It's supposed to kind of all come together. <clears throat> but when it doesn't, what do we do? And what if rather than falling into discouragement, about the situation, what if we just turn to God instead? Now, I was gonna say I'm not up here preaching to you, but I actually am this morning. But the truth is, I'm, what I'm saying though is I'm also preaching to myself this morning. I can get discouraged easy, you know? It's, 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 there's a lot of challenges sometimes. And I want to challenge us today, church, why don't we turn to God first? When things are, are rough, when things are difficult, turn to God. Why? Because he's there. He's, he's ready to help. He's like, come to me. You know, I'm your father. We sang this song this morning. You're a good, good father, right? For any fathers out there today or mothers or whatever, I mean, you see a child, your child hurting, your instinct is to respond. 
And our God, our Father, our Heavenly Father today is the same. He's, he's wanting you to reach out to him. He's wanting you to cry out and to call out to him. But even before you do, he's already in motion. And so he's with you, and he's leading you, and he's guiding you. When we hit these snags in life, the question we must prayerfully begin with should be, is this God's will? Or is this his plan? Because sometimes God can also close doors, right? God can close doors. And you probably heard that when God closes a door, it opens a window, right? And it's important because, listen, there are, it's so important that, that there are times when the thing that we're trying to push through is God trying to save us from something. You understand that? But then there are also times that we are to persevere, that we're supposed to push through because there's opposition that's against God's will and God's plan. And so we trust him and we, we persevere. And knowing the difference is so important. So I wanna, again, encourage you today, if you're in a place like that in your life right now, you, that's why you need to go to the Lord in prayer. You need to say, God, whatever the answer is, is this your will for me to move forward? Is it your plan for me to persevere through this? Or are you trying to save me from something? Are you the GPS right now trying to route me around something that's, that's gonna be, be damaging? And we have to trust that. See, when we come to this, this place of decision, or these places of decision, my prayer is that we do so, and we do so in those, with those three, three areas, those, the prayer, humility, and godly counsel, good counsel. And that's how we work through that, amen? Would you bow your heads? Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for, again, this opportunity, Lord, God, I realize that there are many people in this room, there are many people watching online, meaning there are many of us in different places in our life. Some of us are on the mountaintop, some of us are in the valley, some of us are in the middle somewhere. And God, for those of us here this morning that are facing a decision, that are facing an uncertainty, Lord God, God, I pray that we would lean into you, that we would seek your face, that we would press in, Lord God, and seek your leading and your guiding by your spirit. God, I pray that even today, even in this service, Lord God, through our time of worship and, and hearing of the word, that maybe you've spoken to some hearts here today about a situation or a challenge that, that we're facing. And God, as we glean just from the scriptures today and as you've spoken through your word, as we looked as, as, as Paul and Silas were on their journey and as you, you steered them a different direction because you loved them and because you loved the people of, of Macedonia and, and even this connection, Lord, with, with Luke. God, we ask, God, that you would make your way clear to us, but then also give us the boldness, Lord, to step out and to trust you. But God, that we recognize we can't do this on our own. That even with our own wisdom and, and, and our own um, knowledge and understanding, Lord, sometimes that falls short. So God, I pray that we would always put you first and that we would surrender our will to yours. 
in that image of the garden as, as Jesus was praying, your son, if there's any way for this cup to pass, yet not my will, but yours be done. God, as he himself, you surrendered yourself and your will, God, to the, to the cross and to, to the, what was needed to be done there. And so God, we ask, Lord God, that you would help us, strengthen us, Lord. And God, let us learn to take every step, Lord, and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.